You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It was like he was a completely different guy in the second debate. I'm talking about Richard Nixon, but I could be speaking about any number of presidents. Hey, this is Richard Bay from The Richard Bay Show. And if you're a political junkie like me, and if you're interested in American political history, you're going to want to support my History Can Beat Up Your Politics by signing up for the Premium Podcast. I did. And if you like my History Can Beat Up Your Politics, you're going to love even more of it. So sign up at www.myhistorycanbeatupyourpoliticspremium.com. But I'm speaking about Richard Nixon right now and the difference between that guy, wrinkled, tan-suited, lazy-shaved, sporting, nervous tick, vice president, gripping the podium for dear life, not knowing to what to do with his hands or his eyes, blinking, staring in a giddy way at the moderator, laughing a little, agreeing with his opponent, against a magnificent performance by his Democratic opponent, Senator John Kennedy of Massachusetts. I'm talking about the difference between that guy who walked into the television studio on September 26, 1960, and the complete opposite man who walked in two weeks later. The dark-suited, neatly pressed, clean, natural shave, dark full hair, natural successor to Commander-in-Chief who had led the U.S. Army in war. This is primarily an ideological battle, a battle for the minds and the hearts and the souls of men. We must not meet the communists purely in the field of gross atheistic materialism. We must stand for our ideals. His head didn't shake. He was a cool, cold warrior who locked his hands in a relaxed posture at the podium and awaited his turn to speak. And when he did, he was wide-eyed and engaged in a muscular defense of his administration and a well-delineated attack on his opponent's positions from the previous debate. Mr. Vice President, I disagree completely with Senator Kennedy on this point. I remember in the period immediately before the Korean War, South Korea was supposed to be indefensible as well. Generals testified to that. And Secretary Atchison made a very famous speech at the press club early in the year that Korean War started, indicating in effect that South Korea was beyond the defense zone of the United States. I suppose it was hoped when he made that speech that we wouldn't get into a war. But it didn't mean that. We had to go in when they came in. Now, I think as far as Kimoy and Matsu are concerned, that the question is not these two little pieces of real estate. They are unimportant. It isn't the few people who live on them. They are not too important. It's the principle involved. Asking, for instance, why did he suggest that the President of the United States apologize to the Chairman of the USSR 
asking him why he refused to take a stand against aggression from China in islands that were contested by Taiwan than Formosa. Asking him to challenge and state with facts his irresponsible attacks on the administration. Losing ground against the Soviets, what does that even mean, Richard Nixon said. He cited all the countries that fell under the Iron Curtain during the Truman administration. There were 11 dictators in the Caribbean and South America when the Democrats were last in office. Now there were three. What was Kennedy talking about? What does he mean? You can see the contrast between the first Nixon. A suggestion that would also mean raising prices that the consumers pay for products and and imposing upon the farmers uh, controls on acreage even far more than they have today. And the second. To combat unemployment, we first must concentrate on the very areas to which you refer, the so-called depressed areas. Now, the bill that the president had submitted would have provided more aid for those areas that really needed than the ones that Senator Kennedy was supporting. He didn't floor his opponent. He didn't even fluster him that much, but he slugged it out, and he forced Kennedy on the defense in several points. Senator Kennedy. Well, Mr. Nixon has stated the record inaccurately in regard to the depressed area bill. I'm very familiar with it. It came out of the committee of which I was the chairman, the Labor Subcommittee 55. I was the floor manager. We passed an area redevelopment bill far more effective than the bill the administration suggested on two occasions. In that debate, at one point, Kennedy was arguing about meat versus beans. I don't think it was helpful when he suggested, and I'm glad he's corrected this to an extent, that 17 million people go to bed hungry every night in the United States. You can't tell me anyone who uses beans instead of meat in the United States, and there are 25 million of them, according to Mr. Benson, is well-fed or adequately fed. Kind of forced him into an unpresidential argument. But this navy blue suit Nixon, if you will, is not the image that we remember in history. The Nixon of the second debate. Even if The New York Times said after this second encounter between Nixon and Kennedy, Nixon clearly had the upper hand. Even though six out of ten American households in 1960 were watching that second debate. We don't remember. Because that debate in WBBM-TV in Chicago on September 26, the first debate between Nixon and Kennedy, where tan suit Nixon showed up, went so badly that it made its mark in presidential debate history. And why wouldn't? It was the first presidential debate to be televised. There had been little encounters between primary debates, during the debates during the primaries, but this is the first televised debate between two candidates for the presidency. Kennedy knew what he was doing. He had prepared, and then he spent the day resting, working on his suntan, relaxing. He was crisp, He was confident, tall, dark. Nixon looked sleepy. He came off a day of campaigning, had to get that extra little campaign stop in, arguing, as it would turn out, with a bunch of fairly hostile union laborers. Then he came to the TV studio. Nervous, fidgety, grasping the podium. His hair was out of place, eyeing the camera, visually full of trepidation. Even his content was off a bit. He was agreeing quite often with Senator Kennedy's positions. A performance so bad that Nixon's own mother called in to find out if he was sick. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. After that first debate, Kennedy was up three points over Nixon in the Gallup polls. He would be four points after all the debates were done. The rest is history. But perhaps, as Richard Nixon argues in his memoir, those who say that the debates led to the election result were exaggerating. Kennedy had been up during the spring and summer, and the administration had several problems, and there was a public perception that not enough was being done on the economy and against the Soviets. All of that took place before the TV cameras were turned on. And, as Richard Nixon argues... The election result, where Kennedy won by some two-tenths of a percent of the popular vote, demonstrates that Nixon was able to catch up later. I believe that has reinforced the notion, that 1960 debate, that second debates don't matter as much. It's all about that first debate. But that was not true in 1984. Louisville, Kentucky. President Ronald Reagan took on his general election challenger, former Vice President Walter Mondale. With GDP growth the best in a decade, inflation bested, Mondale down to the polls. A lot of people didn't even think of 84 as really a contest. Here they are running the former vice president of a ticket that didn't win re-election. But Mondale had a plan for that first debate, so does campaign manager. He would be aggressive, like a lawyer who was questioning a hostile witness. He'd try to throw Reagan off. Reagan's team wouldn't expect it. They knew that Reagan was older, liked to use scripts. It might be seen as impolite, a little risky. Impolite for 1984, certainly not for 2016. But he'd do it. He'd challenge, even scold the commander-in-chief on occasion, using the second person, like Walter Mondale said in this exchange. Is that what you said? There you go again. Remember the last time you said that, Bo? You've got a $260 billion deficit. You can't wish it away. You won't slow defense spending. You refuse to do that. It worked better than he could imagine. Reagan was not prepared to defend. He was quickly thrown off. The confident pitchman with a lifetime of radio and television now glanced away from the audience and downward at his notes. The normally clear orator generalized and stammered. He waved his hand, but out of concert with anything that he was saying. 
At one point, when he thought he was finished, he had to be reminded by the moderator, Reagan did, that he had more time. And in his closing statement, he seemed to make little sense as he said the economy under his administration was good, but then he added, not everyone, there are people that are in pockets of poverty and haven't caught up. From Mr. Morning in America, he turned to the prophet of gloom. And there was panic in the Reagan camp after Louisville. Indeed, Reagan felt that he flopped. They go back to the hotel nearby and with Nancy Reagan. He doesn't get any sleep that night. It's recorded as by aides and by Nancy Reagan as, as one of the worst nights of his presidency. And there's a reason for that, because it really goes beyond Mondale, who they thought they could best. But now there's questions in the media as to whether Reagan can handle a second term. The age issue is up there. Here's what the Wall Street Journal headline is. New question in race. Is oldest president now showing his age? And that stretch between the 7th of October, where the first debate happened, and the next debate, the 21st of October, the entire media is covering age, age, age all the time. It's a fairly long stretch between debates as campaign goes. A lot longer than you have in this year. Yet Reagan used the time to get ready. His campaign threw out the briefing books. Nancy felt that Reagan was overbriefed, and they got down to basics. Quick little stats, short notes, and one great line. And so in the music hall in Kansas City, at a second presidential debate, Reagan had his moment. Journalist Henry Truitt asked Reagan if his age would prevent him from fulfilling the job of the presidency, and he answered, I will not make age an issue in this campaign. I will not exploit, for political purposes, my opponent's youth and inexperience. The audience laughs. The moderators laugh. Mondale even laughs. Reagan takes a sip of water from a glass and the keys to the White House for another term. Well, he had to be thankful that his team had negotiated a second presidential debate. You have to remember, in 1980, Jimmy Carter didn't do it. He did one debate. And you'll probably never see that again. Because I think campaigns have realized, if not all the media and American public have, that second debates can be important. Indeed, with the excitement, the adrenaline rush of that first meeting between two opponents, and you don't know like what they're going to say or how it's going to be. Remember all that lead up to Hillary and Trump. Wasn't that exciting? You know, we might forget that it's the second debates where some of history's best presidential debate moments have happened. Recall that it was in a second presidential debate between Jimmy Carter and President Gerald Ford where he made his infamous misstep. He said, in response to a question about the Helsinki Accord, that there is no Soviet domination of Eastern Europe and there would not be under a Ford administration. Even the moderators were like, what? What are you saying? The audience had to be perplexed. Certainly Hungarian-Americans and Polish-Americans, Czech-Americans, some of whom lived in swing states, Ohio, other Midwest states were, were big swing states in the 76 election, were probably shocked by this. Carter hits back, Ford's out of touch, and I'd like to see him convince the Polish-Americans that there's no Soviet domination of their country. That was in a second debate. Prior to that, Carter had been doing badly. And even in their first meeting at the Walnut Street Theater in Philadelphia, more people thought that Ford had the slight edge on Carter and that Carter had a lackadaisical type performance while Ford seemed presidential. 
Carter was fumbling on other fronts. He lost his poll advantage that he had since the conventions. And you go into that second debate, there's a question about Helsinki. Now, to be fair to Ford, it's real simple. What he was saying was, there's no Soviet domination, meaning there's no troops and tanks coming in the ground the way they did in Hungary in the 50s and in Czechoslovakia in the 60s. It's not going to happen under a Ford administration because the Helsinki Accord requires notification of any troop movements. So that type of obvious domination is not happening. But a more subtle domination, the influence that the Soviet Union had in Eastern European politics, picking and choosing leaders, obviously, was still there. He should have clarified it for a variety of reasons. He just simply didn't. And that debate boosted Carter six points. And I think both Ford and Carter, in retrospect, have said, as many other observers had, that that cost Ford the election. It was also in a second presidential debate in the 1988 election, University of California in Los Angeles, anchor Bernard Shaw asks Massachusetts Governor Michael Dukakis, would he favor the death penalty if his wife, Kitty Dukakis, were raped and murdered? First of all, 1988, this was a shocking question. The other panelists are shocked. Bernard Shaw had not told anyone he was going to ask this question. But like so many things, there's a little story behind it. Dukakis had been on the campaign trail, really the technocrat from Massachusetts, like a very competent governor, but not a person of great emotion. He thought this question might drive something out of him and show him as a real person. No, it didn't. First off, Dukakis is not even shocked by the question. And he just starts in, you know, Bernard, I think you know I'm against the death penalty and it's not a deterrent. And all of this policy answers. And everyone from the Dukakis campaign knows it's over. Any chance of a comeback against Bush, he's gone. Second presidential debate in 1992, George H.W. Bush against Clinton. After a kind of even first presidential debate between Clinton, Bush, and Perot, I mean, Clinton had a slight edge, but he wasn't moving in the polls from the first debate. There's a second town hall debate. Clinton does great in terms of empathy with the town hall audience members, talking about the economy. Bush looks out of touch and at one point looks at his watch. Huge advantage for Clinton in the polls. Never caught up. Bush never caught up. There's less dramatic but also impactful second debates. I look at 2000, and that was the debate between Gore and Bush. After having interrupted him, it seems so funny in history, right, about interrupting being uh, such a big deal, interrupting uh, George W. Bush several times and sighing and, and frowning and things like that, and it was seen in the, in the uh, split-screen reaction cam. That in the second debate, he decided to be more placid, but it probably was too much, and he came off looking like he was pale, like he was medicated. They made fun of him on Saturday Night Live that he agreed with everything George Bush said. So that second debate helped to boost Bush and it put him into a position where Gore was uh, tied with Bush before the second debate and then Bush got a lead after that. Same thing in 2004. John Kerry scores a haymaker against Bush in, in, in the first debate in 2004. Bush doesn't look very good. All of the attacks that have been made on Kerry, Kerry uses that debate to kind of counter in a very forceful way, has a great performance. He's slightly ahead in the polls over the president. In the second debate, George W. Bush is able to at least get it to a tie, 48-48. So not the most well-known debate moment in presidential history, but a second debate that was useful 
Why are second debates something to look at? Well, it's a common misperception to think that second debates, for instance, are not as important because they won't get the ratings of the first. That's true sometimes, but not always. Now, it was true in the first debate of 1960, where I think a lot of opinions were formed about this stuff. It's just a slight drop-off, though, a few tenths of a percentage point of American households uh, drop-off between the first 1960 debate and the second. At all times, there were nearly 60% of the American public watching those Kennedy-Nixon debates, all of them. Also, more viewers, 67 million per Nielsen ratings, watched Reagan's comeback in Kansas City in 1984, then had 65 million watched his flub in Louisville. That was also true in 92, 2004, 2008. More viewers in the second debate than the first. Now, why is this? I think there's a bunch of reasons. Sometimes I think the first debate sells the second. I think something happens in the first debate that people, you know, now are more interested in the second. It could be that while first debates are so anticipation-filled, they, they might be too early. Some of them have been in September. might be too early for the impact of the voter's mind, where October is really that American month of presidential elections. It was true that in 1960, with so much anticipation and so many people watching, and without the kind of prepping techniques for candidates, and Nixon just went in there thinking it was like another luncheon that he was speaking at or something, and Kennedy had aced it, you're not going to see that big a difference between two candidates again. I mean, 84 might have been the biggest, uh, closest to that. After that novelty, I think second debates are moments where the story of election can change for good or for bad. And the American people kind of have an early inkling of an opinion about the election from the first debate and the second debate can cement it. One of the impacts of that, I believe, you'll see is that the majority of debate negotiations since 1988, where Dukakis had his kind of big flug he couldn't recover from, they've introduced a third presidential debate in addition to the vice presidential debate. Because I think Campaigns are a little afraid of that second one and want a chance to recover from it. Didn't have it in 2004. Bush team probably negotiated that out. And you didn't have it in 1996, which was a, an interesting presidential debate year where I think both Bob Dole and Bill Clinton, for different reasons, didn't want a lot of debates and they were scheduled at bad times. The ratings on those are some of the lowest. So quick note about... Uh, this is a this is a quick one about second presidential debates. So keep watching. And uh, the website is www.myhistorycanbeatupyourpolitics.com. A reminder about the premium cast for My History Can Beat Up Your Politics.com. If you like this podcast and you want to get more episodes, I mean, just um, from the last episode, we had discussed five factors for Hillary, five factors for Trump. And I had gone into a little bit more detail about an additional um, question that had been raised. Thank you, Eric Bacchus, on the Fans of My History Can Beat Up Your Politics website for raising this question, that you know, Trump is the first presidential candidate of a major party not to really have any experience either in a state government, a military commission, or 
in the federal government. And absolutely right. And so we explore that a little bit and we explore the relationship between Truman and Kennedy as well. That's in the premium cast. It's available www.myhistorycanbeatupyourpoliticspremium.com. Thanks for listening. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.